Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Um, how was everybody's week? Good. Excellent. All right. Let's um, let's uh, turn to First Peter chapter five. We're going to have a plurality of teachings today. Um, now, some of them will show up on YouTube, so if you can re-listen to them, they'll be shorter on YouTube, probably. Um, so... Alright, the first thing I want to do is um, give us some words of wisdom concerning the Sabbath. Now in 1 Peter chapter 5, if someone wants to read verse 7 and 8, I think it's 7 and 8, where it says uh, um, to be alert, to be sober, your adversary walks around whom he made to that vow, or that scripture? First mm -hmm. Peter 5, 7? Yep. Okay. Casting all your anxiety onto him because it matters to him concerning you. Be sensible. Watch because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking someone he may devour. Therefore resist him, being steadfast in the faith, and know that the same suffering befall your brethren that are in the world. All right. So I call this the big three. There are three big pressures um, that will come on you to get you and I to try to um, compromise the Sabbath. Now we, we, know we don't need to go over the scriptures on the Sabbath because we're all real strong with that. So... Um, on my YouTube teaching, I did go over the scriptures. Um, but the big three are this. Family, friends, and employers slash fellow employees. Um, the enemy will try to pressure you and I to back off Yah's laws and commandments concerning the Sabbath with those three main um, groups of people. First is your family. You know, they'll invite you to family gatherings. They'll plan family gatherings where they used to do it on Sunday. Now they'll do it on Saturday. Um, so on and so forth. They'll put pressure on you to get you to compromise in keeping the Sabbath day totally separated unto Yah. Now, part of the scripture that I'd encourage you to listen to the YouTube teachings, one of the scriptures in Ezekiel says that the Sabbath was created um, well, let's just turn there. Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. It says, I also gave them my Sabbaths, and that's plural, to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am Yah who sets them apart. So it first tells us that the Sabbath, and for those that keep the Sabbath, mm -hmm. it is a sign or it is a testimony or it is evidence that you have been separated to Yahweh and for Yahweh. 
You have been separated from the pressures of the world, from all this, that, and the other. Also, the Sabbath is, when you keep the Sabbath, you are honoring Yah. It's one thing anybody can say, I honor Yah, I worship Him, I love Him. But, you know, like the old saying goes, um, uh, show me your works by what you're doing. Mm -hmm. A picture is better. I mean, anybody can say it, but it's whether or not you do it, mm -hmm. whether or not you live it. Um, family and friends and employers will put pressure on you to get you to compromise your conviction and your belief to obey Yah's commandment. And you and I, and Peter warned us, that we need to be alert. We need to recognize when that takes place. We need to be bold. We need to be like Peter when Yeshua said to him to come up out of the boat and walk on water. Now remember, all 12 of them could have done that. But only Peter had the backbone, the boldness, the inner strength, and the faith to step out of that boat and go to Yeshua on the water. You and I have to step into a realm of boldness and spiritual violence, you know, the king, uh, violence takes the kingdom of God by force, um, yes. Matthew eleven twelve or whatever. You and I need to do this with a spiritual violence. When people call and say, hey, uh, we're planning Cousin Joe's birthday today, you just say, no, thank you. And they'll ask you why. And you just boldly, with as much respect, with as much grace, so that they don't feel condemnation. What happened to boldness? I mean, what happened to violence? What happened to what? Violence. Violence? Okay. If you want to smack them upside the head, uh, well, that's your problem. <laughs> but anyways, we need to, we need, when they come and they say, you know, hey, uh, we got this going on. Um, we invite you to come. You just, I mean, you just have to say no thank you. Now, there are some things, if a person needs ministry or ministering to, and they're really broken, and it would cause you to miss, miss quote-unquote, Sabbath fellowship, minister to that person because you can always get the teaching, you can always, and you should always be feeding on Yah's word all day anyways. But people, when ministering to them, triumph, in my opinion, um, you know, a fellowship gathering. But see, you got to be wise because the enemy, and I know one person, they used to always compromise on the Sabbath, saying that their friend needed their help, well, now this person is not serving Yahweh. So, compromise is like a cancer. You give into it. Like for me, I remember, I love sweets, and when Yah had me fast sweets, I was fine. Then one time, I said, well, I'm going to have a little cake or whatever. And that's all it took. And then, boom, the next Temptation is easier to say yes to, and then pretty soon, you know, and then it's the same way when pressures come from your family, from your friends. A lot of times they might think, you know, you're being um, proudful or haughty or stuck up because you don't want to come to their, you know, 
crazy gatherings, but you just have to be bold and we have to keep the Sabbath. Um, all right. So the big three on what the enemy does is basically he will use family, friends, employers, and co-workers to pressure you to get you to back off your conviction and your belief to keep the Sabbath separated, to honor Yahweh. And basically what I try to do on the Sabbath is first when I wake up is I ask mm -hmm. Yahweh how, um, how he would like me what to do that day and what not to do. Now we know don't don't work. We know this, that, and the other thing, but nonetheless, you need to seek him. You need to seek him concerning what you should do or not do. How he wants you to celebrate the Sabbath and honor him. Okay. No, it, it changed its thing. All right. So the next thing I want to, and that's just trying to share some wisdom uh, concerning keeping the Sabbath. And um, all right. The next thing I wanted to give some insight with, it will it will come under the heading of this of this question can you combine christianity and torah or can you combine christianity and the messianic hebraic roots in my opinion just like linda just said the answer is no and here's the reason being one is of this world. It loves this world, it and it defies Yahweh's laws and commandments. It tries to change Yahweh's laws and commandments to justify their disobedience to it. One is pagan, and from its roots it is pagan, and the other simply just follows Torah. So when you keep Torah, when you are trying to live according to Hebraic roots, the thing, there are certain truths that we did learn from Christianity that are biblical. And so you hang on to that which is biblical. But that which is not biblical, you do away with it. Now, but they were partial truths. Partial truths. Because they do tell you the benefit, but they don't tell you the law that you're supposed to, or the, the statute that you're supposed right. to follow. And, and that is accurate what Yenny said. They tell you the promise or the benefit, but they don't tell you how to get it, and that is that that promise is connected to one of Yahweh's laws and commandments. You you want to promise? There's a there's a commandment to be obedient to. All right, there are many people. Remember in Revelation three, and you can study this out, and I'm sure you all know this scripture, where Yeshua said to a lukewarm church that he would vomit them out. Why would he vomit them out? Because lukewarmness or having one foot in the world, or one foot in Christianity, and one foot in Torah, um, so upsets him that he would want to regurgitate. Mm -hmm. It is not acceptable. And remember a few weeks ago we did a teaching on that there are things that people call worship that he does not accept nor receive because it violates Yahweh's laws and commandments. So we must get off any fence of having our feet planted in both worlds. 
What does the scripture say in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? To come out from among them and be separate. I believe it's 6.14. Saith Yahweh. That's not my opinion. That's what Yah says. That we need to come out from any form of paganism, any participation in paganism, any participation in... Um, in Rab, rabbis, man-made laws and commandments like washing your hands. You know, they made a big stink about washing your hands before you eat. Now, we know you should wash your hands, but it's not a religious thing. If that one thing COVID has taught me, sanitize and wash your hands more. Okay, we must totally serve Yahweh and follow him. We must not water down or serve him with any mixture of truth and paganism. It's one or the other. Now, when you're a new believer, now I remember even in Christianity, the first year of my being born again, because I was raised Catholic, I went to the Catholic Church with my parents on Saturday night, and I went to Living, Living Waters Christian Fellowship a charismatic church on Sunday. But after a period of time, I don't remember what it was, nine months, ten months, a year, I knew not to have anything to do with Catholicism anymore because it was so contrary to basic biblical instruction. And that didn't even have an understanding of Torah then. That was just then. Now it's the same way. You cannot mix truth and paganism. And anything outside of um, Yahweh's laws and commandments, you will find will have its roots in paganism. And we need to be set apart from all that. All right. Okay, that's just warming up. Kind of like, you know, you do extra exercises before you... No, warm-up before you do exercises. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm saying. You got what he said. You got it. All right. So now we're going to get into the thrust of um, what we're going to talk about today. Um, I also did a teaching on YouTube. You can just go to it. It's about not having any images, the second commandment. Um, and you can get all that information and truth from that teaching. Or if you want me to, I will send it to you. But today we're going to talk about iniquity or lawlessness abounding. So let's start off in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Now, I'm going to give you a Hebrew definition of the word iniquity. And it means no law, no law, or it means against the law, or it means without the law, meaning Yah's law. Okay? So, in Matthew Chapter 24, verse 11 says, The many false prophets will be raised and will deceive many. And because lawlessness or iniquity shall be multiplied, the love of many will grow cold. So, because of lawlessness or because of having an anti-law spirit or heart or whatever. Now, everything in our world system and even in, quote-unquote, the church, Christianity, is anti-law. They try to teach that you don't need to obey laws. 
You don't need to obey Yahweh's law. It says, thou shalt not murder. You go murder someone, what's going to happen to you? You're going to jail. It says, you should not defraud your neighbor. What's going to happen to you if you set up a Ponzi scheme? Eventually, you're getting caught. Correct? Yes. So, our whole society is about how to get away with breaking Yah's laws and commandments. And Yeshua said that in the last days, lawlessness or wanting no laws or going against the law will abound, will multiply. All right, now let's just go to Luke chapter 17. And starting in verse 26, Yeshua was warning that there's coming a society in the end that will far exceed Sodom and Gomorrah and far exceed um, when the flood came. And I don't know if we're there yet, but I know we're headed in that direction. In Luke 17, verse 26 through 29, one of you ladies want to read, please? And as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in, giving in marriage until the day Noah went into the ark and the flood came and destroyed all. And likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. But on the day Lot went out from Sodom, Yahweh rained down fire and brimstone from the heaven and destroyed all of them. Now, Yah did not do this because they were just eating and drinking and partying and enjoying life. He did this because of the wickedness that abounded in those days. Now, let's look at that. Genesis chapter 6. And Yeshua is warning us that in the last days, in the last days, um, this is going to be manifesting. Mm -hmm. And it's just not about, I mean, people today, they're more focused in on self-pleasure. And we can read that in um, the book of Timothy, which we'll go to in a little bit. But basically, lawlessness or anti-anything that says, this is the law and you have to obey it. Mm -hmm. They don't want nothing to do with that. But yet, if a job says, be here at 8 o'clock, they're there at 8 o'clock. If a job says, do this or do that, they usually are doing it. Why? Because of the idol of mammon. And so, look here in Genesis 6 verse 5. You want to read, someone? And Yahweh saw that the evil of man was great on the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the day long. Okay, we read here that man was evil, and their imagination and thoughts of their heart was consumed with evil. Mm -hmm. And if you re read, go ahead, read verse 11 and 12 too, please. 
And the earth was corrupt before the Elohim, and the earth was filled with violence. And the Elohim looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupted, for all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. So we see all flesh, we see that the earth was corrupt. Is the earth corrupt now? Yeah. Are our governments corrupt? Are school systems corrupt? Mm -hmm. We saw something, uh, and I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, that a principal at a school took a paddle to a little girl's behind and whacked her three times and everybody's having a fit over it. In front of the parents, the parent requested it. And they're having a fit over it. When I went to school, it was no big deal if you got whacked by the teacher. If you were disobedient, that's all our parents wanted to know. What do you do? Mouthed off, whack them. And then you were grabbed usually by the shirt, the hair, and then you got another whooping when you got home. Mm -hmm. uh, days when people had manners. Yeah. <laughs> and today it's like, you know, everybody has this concept that all you have to do is talk to your child. They don't and, you know, talking is great, explaining is great, expressing your love for them, but the Bible says, do not spare the rod, not spare the rod. and that's what we do with Yenny. <laughs> all right, so we see here that the earth was wicked. Look. In um, Genesis 19. So the flood came, and, and Yah dealt with the flood, but there was a group of righteous people named Noah and his family. Now in Genesis 19, their wickedness, in, in verse 4, their wickedness, we all know, is sexual perversion. That it was rampant. It was dominating society. And I don't know if it's equal now to what it was then, but it's getting pretty close. Basically, in verse 4, um, you know, we've, we've read this where they tried to kick in the door so that all the men, the leaders, the governmental leaders, as well as the everyday Joe in Sodom and Gomorrah, wanted to have sex with those angels. And they were willing to kick in um, the doors. They were willing to do whatever necessary. And our leaders are just as perverted. And the thing about it is, it will keep getting worse unless Yahweh intervenes and does something about it. And when Yeshua puts his foot on the Temple Mount, he's not coming as the Lamb. He's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah right. with judgment in his hands. Right. Now, our society, Isaiah 520, you can look there. And that basically says that woe to the person, to the nation, to the people that call evil good and good evil. And that is exactly what is taking place now. 50 years ago, just think, I mean, I know some people aren't 50, and he's not 50 yet. She might be 92, but she's not 50 yet. But, you know, when we were kids... When you watched a TV show, they, you did not see people kissing. You did not see two people sleeping in the same bed. You did not see the things that you see today on TV. Why? Because it's all been accepted now. I mean, there are certain shows we started to watch, and it's blatant homosexual shows. Off it goes. You know, you barely can watch a movie now without it being filled with so much evil. And our society calls evil good now. It's acceptable. 
The end times will not simply be a disobedience to Yah's laws and commandments, but it will be a deliberate despising of and overturning of Yah's laws and commandments. It will be a total rejection of everything that Yahweh is and stands for, and it will be a total rejection of Him. Society today has totally rejected Yah's laws and commandments. Even the church world has rejected them, thinking it's crazy. You don't need to obey Yah's laws and commandments. But he said you do. Things that were once done in secret and punished are now being done openly and rewarded by the government, by society, and even by quote-unquote pastoral leadership. Like same-sex marriage, so on and so forth. All of this is done in opposition and deliberate opposition to Yah, to His laws and commandments. These wicked devices will be sanctioned by the government and the rules of the land. Everything that Yah opposes in the last days when the anti-Messiah is revealed, when the lawless one is revealed, all this will be totally accepted. And that's what, what's going on. Order and peace in our society. I mean, people that you look at, you know, like we have some neighbors and they're, they're in their 70s, maybe even older. They totally reject Yahweh's laws and commandments. They think it's, it's hilarious. But everything about Catholicism and sun god worship, they're okay with. Society and iniquity will be a lover of self-pleasure. Now, we know that scripture. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is just to get you alert. And you probably already, you, you see this taking place. You may know people, you may have loved ones that have basically rejected Yah's laws and commandments so that they can please themselves, so that they can experience the pleasures of sin. In 2 Timothy 3, 1, it says, But know this, that in the last days, Disastrous times will be upon us. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, braggarts, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, wicked, without natural feeling, addicted to lust, slanderers, without self-control, savage, haters of good, traitors, hasty, boasters, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of Elohim, having a form of righteousness, but denying the power thereof, even turn away from these. See, he's describing, quote-unquote, the church world. They have a form of godliness. They have a form of righteousness. You know, they don't steal from someone. They don't murder someone. But nonetheless, the number one thing in their life is self and money. Everything's about pleasing self, vacations, buying things. You know, when you have to get a different car every few years, something's wrong. You're not, it's not satisfying. A vehicle... It's not about lust, it's about getting from point A to point B. Now when that vehicle wears out, that's a different story. But, you know, to have to get a new vehicle or you go from one um, 
one toy to another or one boat to another. You're always having to go on vacations. You always have to do this and that. Everything's about self-pleasure. And see, and that's why when you keep the Sabbath, you are denying this. You are saying, yeah, you have given me six days to do whatever I want to do. And this day, I'm going to honor you. This day, I'm going to serve you. This day is going to all be all about you. And yes, we rest, we don't work, but the primary function is, it's about Yah. We spend more time in His Word, we spend more time studying, we spend time with our family, and with those we've been called to fellowship with. But people are not like that. Um, just think, you know, a teacher here in Florida somewhere told a 14-year-old girl who was endowed on, in her, on top that what she was wearing was not appropriate. And he said, you should not be wearing clothes that pushes everything out. Well, this girl got highly offended. Even her mother got highly offended that he would, how dare he correct her daughter who was wearing clothes that the school said you could see right through it. The daughter said she had a cashmere sweater on over whatever, but the school said you could see right through it. But see, even parents find nothing wrong with this behavior. And they don't want, I mean, if, uh, I remember as a kid, if I was misbehaving or mouthing off, and I was over by a friend's house, that dad marched me to my dad and said, Mark was doing such and such. My dad would say, thank you. And then we would go in the house and have a meeting. And that meeting usually ended up with him grounding me and spanking my butt. I remember he used to be, my dad was a Cub Scout treasurer. And in Cub Scouts, we had a little Cub Scout bank. And we each would put quarters, it was to save up for whatever, trips we'd go on, whatever. Well, I got the smart idea to, to get some of those coins out to go to the candy store, and so on and so forth. Well, eventually, Dad caught me. And that is the one time I remember he, he laid into me. But I deserved it. But see, you have to do that. But today, they don't do that. They just think, oh, I'll just talk to them. Or you make it alone. My kid's fine. Yeah, my kid would or never do that. So, you know, our society is going wacky. Everything in our society is contrary or against Yah's laws and commandments. And you and I are called by Him to obey those laws and commandments. And we need not be lovers of self, Lovers of self-pleasure. And notice it says, from these we are to turn away from. You may have family members and friends. Their whole focus is on pleasing self. 
And, you know, to the Torah keeper, their lifestyle is not about pleasing self. It's about denying self and putting Yah first. That's what keeping the Sabbath is all about. Denying self and putting His laws and commandments as our priority. Yes? Hallelujah. Yes. Now this probably wasn't the uh, longest or most anointed message, but nonetheless, it is, um, it is important that we renew our minds and that one thing about the Sabbath, I woke up this morning, that's what Yah spoke to my heart, that the enemy will do everything he possibly can to get you to compromise your obedience in keeping the Sabbath. He will do everything. Why? Satan hates Yah, first of all. Number two, he hates the Sabbath. And number three, he wants to get you to compromise. Because if he can get you to compromise, he then has an access point to you. And then he will get you to compromise a little more. Now, our society did not get the way it is today overnight. But it took, just think about, in the 60s and 70s, it was the rock scene that came upon, you know, and all that stuff, music, music, um, the drugs, you know, everything was about free sex and love. And he began to saturate the young with something that was pleasing to their flesh. And then it just began to snowball after that. He did a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more until we now have a society that many of us thought you would never see the day that they would, yeah. that they would sanction that a man and wife has a legal right to adopt a child, to raise a child, to be married, that a homosexual has more rights in our society than a person that is quote-unquote living according to biblical standards. Correct. Our society has, has gotten so wacky and how... And what should we do about it? We need to keep Yah's laws and commandments and we need to focus in on calling those things that be not as though they were and that is praying and interceding that Yah would turn our nation back to His commandments, back to His instructions. And he is doing that by raising up people like you and me, calling us out of Babylon and paganism, Hallelujah. to serve him, and to be willing to be mocked by friends and family, and by co-workers, willing to be persecuted by those around us when they find out that you're Torah observant, when they find out you're a Sabbath keeper, when you find out that you don't want to hear about Lord and God because you don't want to hear about Baal and sun god worship, when you don't participate in Christmas, when you don't participate in Easter, when you don't participate in having any images or idols or graven images, on your walls or in your home or on your being. 
Um, I've got a teaching, I just haven't done it yet, about there are many things in the quote-unquote church world that are connected to paganism and that their roots are in paganism, but Christianity accepts them. One is the cross. Yahshua never hung on the cross. He was crucified to a tree. But a cross has pagan roots. And so we need to examine our life to see of what we are believing if there's any connection to our daily lifestyle being connected to pagan roots. And if it is, we have a choice to make. Any questions, thoughts, comments? So, Father, we just thank you for our gathering today. We pray that you would receive and accept our, our worship and our honoring you on this Sabbath. In Yahweh, any way that we might have failed, we ask you to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We cover each other with the blood of the Passover lamb. And we thank you, Father. If there's any lawlessness or a mindset of anti-Yah's law in our life or in our thinking, reveal it to us so that we may renounce it and turn away from it. And Father, we just thank you for it. In your name we pray. One more scripture I want to share, and it's in the book of Romans. The book of Romans. It's awful quiet. Diane's not here. That's how come. Uh, I was just teasing you. You just ignored me. Well, of course. <laughs> Romans chapter 7, verse 12. We missed Diane. When she hears this, you were missed today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Verse 12. It says, so indeed the Torah is holy and the commandment is holy, just and good. Verse 14, for we know that the Torah is spiritual. And verse 16, it says, but if I do what I do not wish to do, I agree with Torah that it is good. So this just amplifies that Torah is good. Now most people, when they quote Paul, they take scriptures out of Colossians and Ephesians out of context when they think he's saying that the law has been done away with. But we know from Matthew 5, Verse 17 and 18, that the Messiah said that not one jot or tittle or one least little bit of Yah's laws and commandments will be done away with until all are fulfilled. So the earth has not ended yet. The heavens have not ended yet. So Yah's laws and commandments and the prophets and what they taught have not ended. And like I've shared numerous times before, the New Testament is really a confirmation of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. 
and that the New Testament, everything in it is taken from the, from the First Testament. And that our foundation has to be Torah. Our foundation has to be what thus saith Yahweh. Not our opinions, not interpretations, but when it says, thou shalt not, for example, have any images or any likeness of anything above the earth, upon the earth, or below the earth, or in the waters, it means what it says. Any images or likeness, they are idols in Yah's eyes. Don't matter what earth calls them, man may call them art. Pictures, even images of quote-unquote the Messiah, he will not be behind that. Because he said, do not have any images. And as I studied this out, and for a couple of years I've been thinking, well, Yahweh, are we not supposed to be taking pictures of things? So it makes you think. It makes you search even further concerning that. So anyways, that's all I have. I just declare Yah bless you. Yahweh make His face shine upon you. Yahweh give you hope. Yahweh give you grace and mercy. If you're suffering in any part of your body or in a relationship or spiritually or emotionally, mentally, in any way, I pray that Yahweh restore you. Yahweh make your health fresher than that of a child. And Father, we also pray over our tithes and offerings. We worship you with our giving. Yeshua, you are our high priest. And we thank you for rebuking the devourer. We thank you for opening up the windows of heaven. We thank you that as we give, it is given unto us. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So Yahweh, we worship you with our giving. And we receive the promise concerning our giving that we'll be blessed coming in, that wealth and riches will be in our house. That we'll have more than enough in every aspect of our life. And even those that are preparing for retirement, and you may not have a lot of set aside for retirement, Yahweh will make a way where there seems to be no way. So let all of us be bold, be strong, be like Peter, rise up out of that boat, jump out, and begin to walk on the water. And obey Yah's laws and commandments. And one of them says to keep the Sabbath day separated. And Yahweh, we say, so be it. We receive your laws and commandments. We don't argue with them. We submit to them. And we give you praise for it in the power of your name.